Before we get started, I have a question for you. Do you like podcasts? Of course you do. Otherwise, this would be a wasted exercise. Well, why aren't you doing one yourself? It's not that hard. You can promote a cause, promote your business, or just let those nonsensical rantings between you and your friends flow out. We make the process very easy at Eau Claire Hometown Media, and it only costs a couple hundred dollars. That's right, a fraction of the price to advertise on radio or TV, and you control 100% of the message. Just reach out to us here at Eau Claire Hometown Media for a no-obligation meeting. We'll tell you everything you need to know about getting your own podcast off the ground, and we will help you promote it as well. And welcome into another installment of Drive the Valley, presented by Chippewa Valley Mazda. Scott Montesano here. We got our friend Bill, as always, from Chippewa Valley Mazda. He's got his Diet Coke, so I know... He is set to go, and Bill, uh, hope things have been going well for you. Things are going great, man. I mean, spring is uh, kind of around the corner, and it's sunny out today, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I feel like things are in uh, in motion for a big summer ahead. And of course, we always remind everybody, you know, check out Chippewa Valley Mazda online, make uh, plans to come out and check out what they have, and go back and listen to some of our previous episodes as well. Bill talks about uh, car buying and also talks to some of his friends as well. We've had some great guests on this podcast and you've brought on somebody else you call a friend. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure it's reciprocated, uh, but uh, who did you uh, bring on this week? I'm going to sit back and listen to another great conversation. Yep, I always say the friend bank is getting, uh, you know, harder and harder to pick from, but this is actually one of my, this is a very good friend of mine. So, I, you know, I was going through the list, and I'm like, all right, well, who would be intriguing to people out there? People, I, I mean, I know people aren't listening to listen to me. So it, it, this person popped into my mind, one, because the profession they do is completely intriguing. Um, and uh, this person's also involved in a, a ton of charitable organizations, does a ton of charity work uh, to, for, for causes that are pretty close to him. Um, so I, I brought a judge on today and I brought on uh, Judge Steve Gibbs, uh, who's a dear friend of mine and is always entertaining. Uh, and, and this is kind of bittersweet. Like we haven't seen each other in a really long time. And uh, normally we do uh, about a month, about every four or six weeks, we do a, a, a lunch get together. We haven't done that for a very long time so it'll be good to catch up with you welcome to the show thank you for having me yeah yeah no absolutely so I you know um, one of the things um, well why don't why don't why don't you tell us about yourself tell like everybody who you are obviously you're Steve Gibbs but obviously like how did you um, professionally and personally get into to what you're doing and uh, what what was that journey like I was born and raised here my uh, parents bought their lake lot on Lake Wissota in 58 for nine hundred dollars my dad <laughs> built the house uh, that they, uh, my mother still lives in. Um, I went well, that's, to, I went that's to worth something right now, isn't it? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's quite, quite uh, that's cha- appreciated. That, cha- that, that lake has changed. 900 bucks. I'll give you a grand right now. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Um, I went to Stilson School out there in Lafayette. Uh, then ended up at, I was the last class through the old junior high school where uh, Family Fair downtown is. Uh, graduated in uh, 1980 from Chippewa Falls Senior High School, went to the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, and uh, graduated from there in 84 with a double major in 
criminal justice and political science, then on to Hamlin University School of Law in uh, St. Paul. Graduated from there in 88 and uh, worked for about seven years up in the Twin Cities as an attorney. Um, took the Wisconsin bar then and uh, in 94, I believe, I moved back uh, to, to this area and uh, ended up buying a hobby farm um, about two miles from where I grew up. Um, worked with her, her Helen Gibbs for about 19 years in Eau Claire. And then in 2012, uh, Governor Walker appointed me the district attorney of Chippewa County. And in 2017, he appointed me uh, circuit court judge in Chippewa County. And uh, I had to run for election in 18 and I'm next up in, in 24. So that's kind of a, a long way of how I, I got to where I am. Damn, I didn't realize you were that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, it, so you were, I, I, and I met you back, I was trying to think of that, but I think I met you back when you were um, district attorney, right? Correct. Uh, for Temple yep. County, yeah. Um, so what's it, this is, I think we're all probably intrigued or interested to hear this, but what's it like um, you know, for, first of all, what is circuit court? How does circuit court vary from other courts? Like, what, it, what does it mean to be a circuit court judge? Well, they used to have municipal court judge, and then they'd have uh, circuit court judges. So they used to, quote, ride the circuit around. Um, Wisconsin had municipal courts. Some still do, like uh, Stanley has municipal stuff like that. They aren't attorneys who are the judges and, and uh, things like that. But... Um, they codified in the state of Wisconsin to make each county have circuit courts. So that uh, in Chippewa County, we have three based upon our caseload. Um, Eau Claire has five. Dunn County just got their third one. So it all is based upon the residency in your caseload uh, that goes in. Um, we don't specialize. Okay. So I'll have a mental commitment after a divorce hearing and a child support matter and a criminal plea and um, a uh, child in need of protection and services all in the same day. Wow. So we don't specialize. We take everything. So it was a big eye-opening experience when I became a judge because there were areas of law. I practiced when I was an attorney in um, most of the areas were uh, criminal defense. I did some corporate work. I um, did personal injury work. I represented a lot of businesses, a lot of municipalities, and things like that. I didn't know anything about the mental commitments where people were getting chaptered. I didn't know anything about the child in need of protection and services stuff. So there was a whole new area of the law that had opened up for me. And the best way I could describe it, my first two months was drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> uh, I'll guarantee it was. Like, you know, I mean, I... I that's the the strange part or the cool part about it though it's got to be that you know you you see diversity in your cases so and i mean there has to be a, a fatigue factor if you know if you're a traffic court person and all you do is hear traffic court you know all day long that probably is is fatiguing in its own way after a certain point in time there's probably it's got to be interesting to kind of serve all facets it is and and you're constantly reading uh the up case law updates and stuff so you're on knowing what's happening out there and new rules and new 
uh, rulings that have come down from the Court of Appeals, so you're trying to make the correct decisions on it all. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that makes perfect sense to me. Do um, what do you what do you find? Um, you know, as and I'm sure that was a probably a huge day of celebration for you when you're like, okay, this is an honor to do this. It's it's pretty cool. It's uh, I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of this isn't a journey a lot of people take in their life. So it's it's one of the things I thought would be really interesting talking with you on. But what what on a on a on a daily basis for you? Um, what do, what do you find to be the most difficult? What are what are what's what is most difficult about being a judge? A number of different things. First off, uh, I'm a very social person, as you know. Um, Being a judge is very isolating. For instance, if you had a case in front of me, and Scott had a case in front of me here, um, I couldn't talk to either one of you out of the presence of the other because that's ex-party contact. So if you call my office, you're never going to get me unless I give you my cell phone number because of the fact it has to go through my judicial assistant. So it's very it's very isolating in that way. I used to get 75 phone calls a day when I was a district attorney. Now you're down to my wife calling. <laughs> and and that's that's pretty much the extent is you're very um you're very isolated. That and and I couldn't believe my friends outside of my courtroom I tell people to call me Steve because if you're in front of me, okay, then you can call me judge. But I'm the same person I was before I got appointed. Yeah. And people are still very um, intimidated by the title. People that I've worked with at the Hockey Association and such and, and the Booster Club and everything, they're, they're coming up to me and say, what do I call you now? And I said, not late for dinner, you know. Uh, I'm the same person. so It's that, so funny, but it's true. That is something I wasn't ready for. But uh, besides that, you have highs, you have lows, just like everything else. Uh, it rips my heart apart when uh, the people that uh, child protection services have to take the kids away because the parents are on drugs and they're not feeding them and they're in danger and such like that. And the parents cry that the first hearing... And by the fourth hearing, they don't show up anymore. And a year later, their rights are terminated to their children. And I go through withdrawals if I don't text my yeah. my 23-year-old daughter, <laughs> uh, you know, twice a day. Yeah. And I just can't imagine not being involved in your children's lives. And that's a downer. But there's other there's other good, good things that happen. Hard part is my, my wife. Uh, I'm a very outspoken person. Yeah. Uh, I was very uh, outspoken politically before this, but judges can't be political. So my wife was like, I am so happy you got appointed there. And I'm like, why? And she said, because you have to shut your mouth. (laughs) It's her best day ever. Yes. So that's a hard part, too, is when you're in court and uh, you you do a lot of listening. And a lot of stuff goes through your mind. And... Judge Cameron left a, a sticky note on his bench that says, let the attorneys try the case. And I have to constantly look at that because, oh, I wouldn't ask that question or ask this question. I'm thinking to myself, yeah. you know, with the attorneys. But you have to let the attorneys try the case. You're, here, you're there to hear it. Yeah. So uh, a lot of different things. It was really eye-opening when you became a judge. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you kind of, you, you really touched on that too. And I, when you were when you were just talking about it, it made me think about that on a daily basis. You know, I mean, I'm when I'm at work on a daily basis. As a general rule, 
you know, I, most people are smiling in front of me, and it's a it's a cause for celebration. They're picking a car up. It's a it's they're buying it for a family member. It's their their kids' first driving experience. But on a daily basis, you're dealing. You know, it, it's not typically. Sometimes, to your point, it is if it's a family adopting a child and they're in front of you and it's then their life dream or something like that. But on a daily basis, that has to be uh, there has to be a certain amount of fatigue that goes along with that. That wow, I'm I'm going to go to work today and I, how many cases do you hear in a day? It all depends. If we're in trial, that'll be my only case. Yeah. If we are in what we call intake court, that's I call it the cattle call. I'll have 75 cases in a three-hour period. <laughs> Cattle call. <laughs> so people just come in. Yep. We have an agreement. This is done. Boom, 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 boom. Or we need another date. We need another pretrial. And we handle it that way. So I think I have about 400 open criminal cases, uh, probably about 100 open civil cases. Um, the family law cases never go away because once they're divorced and they're fighting about the kids, uh, there's probably 400 of those. So there's just all these cases that you're, you, you oversee. So, um, yeah. And people say to me, well, do you remember this case? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I see so many cases a day unless it's really riveting and I spend a week on it. No, I'm not going to remember that. Yeah. It'd be, that would be hard to, it w that would be hard to keep all that put together. Like, all right. You remember every, everybody you sold a car to in your life? No. In fact, I have a, I have a problem with that. Like I have, I've learned over the past few years that I'm the worst face person ever. Like uh, somebody will I'll walk in someplace and, and you know, I always feel like that should be something I, I'm good at is like remembering, uh, you know, who bought a car at this date or this or that. But over the years you start to, it happens to me quite frequently. I'll walk in someplace and I, it's the worst. And you know what I'm talking about? Cause somebody will come up to you and start being like, Bill, how you been? And I'm doing the, Oh God, like this is the moment I'm supposed to know. And I don't. So I start the conversation with, you know, you where you're trying to like weed your way into how have you been? And you're hoping like somewhere in there, they throw out a, you know, oh, me and Sherry are doing well. And then you're like, oh, God, Sherry and such and such. But yeah. My wife and I have an actual little um, skit that we go through. If I know her, <laughs> yep. I uh, know the person, Pam, this is Bill. Bill, this is Pam. But if I don't know her, I'll say, do you know my wife, Pam? And <laughs> then she'll hit me in the arm and say, I'm sorry. And you are? I'm sorry, you know, that, that he did that. And you are? And then... I'll I'll hear the name and I'll, I'll like no clue or oh that's who it is you know but um, yeah you gotta have a team plan on that yeah deal. yeah because I'm involved in so many organizations I've represented so many people I've you know have so many of these cases that I just and in in college I would see five girls and there's one I'm interested in and I can remember the other four's name but not hers. So. <laughs> That's because you're nervous. I'm, I'm the worst with, with names. <laughs> yep, so I, I am too. I start my court out by I'm the person who's going to butcher all your names here today. So <laughs> get ready for yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of you started touching on that a little bit, but I, I mean I know you and you and I've done work together on the hockey uh, a lot. Um, and but you you really are involved in a lot of things in the community, and it's it's. One of the things I love about you, and, and having known you over the years, I've, I you brought this up a little while ago, but that isolation or that 
and when you became judge, like how things, you know, change professionally for you because they have to, um, you know, I, I've thought about that a million times with all of the other work that you do, but what, talk about that. You do hockey. What are the other things you're involved in? Well, I'm involved in, um, the, uh, Chippewa Youth Hockey Association. I've been vice president for about 15 years. I've been on the board. Um, I've serving my ninth year on the Chippewa Falls Booster Club uh, for the high school athletics. Uh, I've been on the REACH, uh, Regional Enterprises for Adults and Children with Handicap in Eau Claire, REACH board for about 20 years now. Um, I used to be on the UC United Cerebral Palsy. UCP, uh, yeah. That, that board. Um, I've been involved in a lot of them uh, that I care about. Uh, the, the Friends of the NRA, which provides uh, uh, youth the opportunities to shoot and training and such like that. Uh, so a number of different things like that I've been involved in over the years. As a judge now, I can't fundraise. So I can I, And the reason being is, is hey, Bill, your case is going to go a little yep. bit better if you give to my cause. So, you know, that's, that's, that's why I can't yep. fundraise. So I can help out with them. I can sit on the boards. But if when it comes to asking for money, I can't do that anymore. Judges can't do it. And you were a good... And they can't use my likeness to say... Hey, Judge Gibbs endorses this. Hundred percent. So yeah, it changes. Yeah, so I've I've ha- I've gone into the, how can I put this, the uh, advisory role yeah. rather than this. I can come in and with Scott and say, Hey, Scott, uh, this is Bill. Now you can ask him for the money. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you know it's. It's funny, th- though, um, you know, you were, you were actually a really good fundraiser. Like you, I mean, you've done a lot of work on that. And I know uh, Chippewa Mazda owns uh, some, uh, some scoreboards, and uh, they've been up for a while. And we just, you know, we had that conversation a couple weeks ago, just asking if they were still up and whatnot. But, um, yeah, your scoreboards will be there until they, they fall apart, and we can't repair them anymore. Uh, and that's one thing that's great about the Chippewa Valley is businesses like yours support the youth yeah. and we support your businesses. Yeah. And, and that's, it was a good partnership. Um, we needed new scoreboards. We remodeled the area. We put yours up, you put your signs there. And literally the one that, w- that we took down was 28 years old. So in 28 years, we may hit you up for, for new <laughs> scoreboards again. Well, it's fun. Chippewa, you and I have had this conversation before, but Chippewa as a community is really unique in the sense that when this community needs to raise money this is and you said it we're very supportive of each other and locals in this area really support the business and they do a great job of that but that town chippewa falls and chippewa county knows how to raise money when they when they wanted to redo the park they needed to raise three million dollars for phase one, and okay, it's three and, and million bucks in, for phase one and two million for phase two, and they did it in four days. <laughs> it's five four million days. bucks. When we broke ground on the ice arena, uh, the high school locker rooms, and the outdoor rink, we had pledges for sixty thousand dollars. Six months later, it was up to one point six million. Unbelievable! And, and actually, we raised more because people ended up giving more than they had pledged. So we were able to do other upgrades and things like that. But that's the fairgrounds. It, it yeah. took them six months to come up with money to buy that, but it was a community-based thing. So the the park down there, I call it the water park because yeah. it floods every year. Yeah, it is the water park now. Yeah, that's what I call it. Yeah. But um, they 
they raised that money in in like six months too, and that was ten million dollars to to put all that up. Chippewa really takes care of itself. There are a lot of uh, philanthropic people that do it, but you know, it's great that you have the small group of people with lots of money to do it, but we couldn't do it without the Chippewa Valley Mazdas that put the scoreboard up there. That's twenty thousand dollars that the hockey rink didn't have to come up with that yeah. will be up there at the tune of like 25 to 30 years. You think you got a good return on an investment, you know, so. It's pretty, it is pretty solid return on investment, but it was just thinking in here. So we did the whole company change over last year and I bet that still has the M word uh, from. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. why I, I'll shoot a picture of it to you and I'll you, have can, to get you that, can come up I'll and, have to and get, that updated soon. get the chip of Valley over the M word. <laughs> Are we having the, uh, are, are you, do, is the beer thing going on this year? Yes. Uh, May 15th, I believe it is. We're going to do it at the outdoor rink. Okay. Um, it's, is it, are you doing the same day as Springfest or? No. Springfest went to the end of the month. Okay. They've had so many years of bad weather in yeah. April that, and we used to do it in conjunction with them, but we did it now. Um, uh, we had to pick a date and we're doing it in our outdoor rink, mostly because since the pandemic hit at the hockey rink, we were the only game in town. We had at one time, we had the Chai High men's and women's team along with the JV team for both men's and women's skating there. We had Eau Claire North uh, varsity and JV. We had Eau Claire Memorial varsity and JV. We had the ECA Stars, which is a girls team uh, um, varsity and JV there. We had the Eau Claire University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire men's team and the women's team skating up there. We had the Steel up there skating. We had the Chippewa Youth Hockey Association, all of their team skating, and then we fit in time for the Eau Claire Youth Hockey Association. To skate. Oh. So we, we, have, we had two sheets running since August. We sh uh, last March, it was... Uh, like our, a 24-hour day operation. Our March board meeting was a week after the uh, shutdown last year. And we went in there and turned off all the compressors and let the ice melt because we didn't know when we were going to turn yeah. it on. When the Supreme Court ruled that we could reopen, within three weeks we had ice built and we had the ice rented. And then everybody came out of the woodwork because Hobbs was a, was a um, homeless shelter. Yeah. And we looked and we had the opportunity because one of our rinks they built for year-round. The other one was yeah. built in 77. So it doesn't have the heating and stuff, so you got to take it off for a certain time every year. And uh, we put the second one on in August and have been going full bore. Um, I never thought about that, but you were truly, the at that point in time, you were the only game in town. And then the parents couldn't come in and watch their kids, so they would sit yep. out and tailgate in the parking <laughs> lot, and then they had their big screen TVs in the back of their SUVs. Yep watching the live barn camera system so they could watch their kids skate from the parking lot so yeah wisconsin people are innovative like you're literally tailgating for uh you know your kids uh you can't go in so it is what it is i know i know i have a good friend that even like over from hudson comes over to that rink all the time yeah i mean she's <clears throat> always over here so um beer fest is when may may 15th okay and so what what it, what it, where did that start from um, Jeff Schaefer from uh, the Gordy's Jeff, yeah. clan, um, they wanted to promote their new liquor store. So then they, they saw that this was working elsewhere, and they approached us on it. 
and I think the first we we had it we put it together our first year in like four weeks, and uh, we had two hundred people there. Um, our biggest one was three years ago, and there was eighteen hundred people wow. there. And you get to test all these craft beers. So we did it last September because the COVID was shut down. Yep. We were able to do it in September. We had about 300 people there, but people just weren't ready to come out yet because it, it the was, vaccines just, weren't there. It wasn't there yet. Right. Yeah. So this is May, yeah. and uh, it'll be uh, another great event, craft tasting beers. One of the biggest things that they – we couldn't do food last this fall yep. because of it. So – and you normally did pizza and stuff. Pizza, yep. brew pub pizza, yep. always matzo mat would come, and, yep. and, and they donated all the food for the event to help us raise it. And um, people were upset last year that they didn't have the pizza there. So <laughs> Matt calls me and said, we're going to be there this year, and That's we're awesome. like, excellent. So. I, I will tell you this. like The, the first year I went, he, I went in there, and I'm like, it's a shot glass. It's one shot glass of beer. That absolutely catches up to you fast like when, when you when you taste 38 different ones yeah when you always have your go like you always go back you uh -huh. know so you're like ah, and yeah they would literally when you're like if you make it to each station you need uber like it's oh a, yeah yeah and then and then um they give you a free wristband to, to spring fest and yep. spring fest when they started partnering with us their beer sales tripled because what do be what? I mean, we go from two to six. What do drunks want at six o'clock? More, More beer. beer over to Springfest. It's a closing act, you yeah. know. It's like here you go. You all, we'll shuffle you from this one spot to exactly. the next one. Exactly. And yep. so both of those, the optimists and uh, the hockey association, did very well, and we're hoping to do again this so year. You said you have a hobby farm. You were talking about that a few minutes ago. Do you you still have a hobby farm? What, what do you? My have? wife has horses. My. Um, <laughs> You have to understand, my, my father um, helped get the Humane Association's new building uh, built, and he died a week before it uh, was done, so they dedicated it to it. My wife's on the board. So we have five cats, three dogs, two horses, and a goldfish from the fair that won't die. <laughs> it's literally six <laughs> inches long. It's outlived three uh, aquariums. I won... I won uh I was talking to some of the younger generation about this the other day. I won ducks one year at the fair. Do you remember when you used to yeah. go there and you'd actually win a duck? And my, I remember we lived in town and I had I got those ducks home and they lived. I mean, they lived. They made it a, a season and fall was starting to set in and they were no longer cute little ducks. They were like full on like quacking ducks that we had a little cage built in. We had to go out and give them to somebody at a hobby farm. So, yeah, yeah. those things don't die. Yeah. Yeah. So you you said you like to, are you a hunter? Yeah, I love to hunt. I go up to Canada every year. I didn't get to go this year because yeah. of COVID, but yep. Yeah. My son and daughter both hunt with me too, turkey and deer and whatever else we can do. So you're, you're I know your daughter, you said you text her like twice a day. She Is she out of state now going to school or is she back? She or? just graduated from UWEC in um, uh, December with a criminal justice and psychology double major. Um, wow, what do you do with that? What is, where, where's she going with that? Well, um, her, her ceremony was absolutely gorgeous. She, her name went across the screen for eight seconds. Um, <laughs> she's going to law school. <laughs> and she got, a, she got a, a 90% ride to my former law school. Um, she applied to eight law schools, got accepted at six, and uh, Mitchell Hamlin offered her a 90% scholarship. Awesome. So. 
So going in, uh, following in your footsteps. Yeah, I, I tried to talk her out of it, but she really is intrigued by it. So that's awesome. That's my really son's cool. a senior in high school now. Um, wow. Yeah, last it year. It has been a while him. since I've yeah. seen you. That's crazy. He's graduating this year. No, he he will be a senior. Wow. He's a junior right now. So. Wow. So see, nobody's going to do yet. Is the plans been set? I think he's looking at the trades. He's really yeah. not, uh, it doesn't, uh, looking at maybe electrician or plumber or something like that. You've got a lot of friends that do that stuff, so they're, he's going to job shadow. Technicians, mechanics are fantastic, and um, you they know, write their own auto sales right industry. Yeah, Truly, the technician thing is not even a joke. These techs do write their own ticket. Like, they literally, like that. So five years ago, that was kind of a, like, it, the industry just, didn't seem like it wasn't attracting a lot of students and now i mean these kids go to school for a year two years at the tech school in auto mechanics and those guys i mean starting out are 25 26 bucks an hour and i mean it's just a it's a great profession but you can't find people to do it the trades are actually paying you to go to school yeah. and pay the, for your school we had a kid that so we have a kid that works here that we, we just tried an experiment with so he applied for a job was just getting into tech school and i remember saying hey if you go to school and work here as a lube tech i'll pay for your school all you gotta do is just turn in you got you have to work here for five years we did a five-year deal with him he's turned out to be one of the best we were probably getting close to five years now but he's turned out to be one of the best employees we've ever had so if you can grow them and you can get them that way um it's the way to do it and to your point they will literally pay you to go to school yeah that's it's just amazing. incredible. Yeah, it I mean, is. My, my daughter is working for a law firm right now that is with an investment um, company and uh, it's in-house counsel. Yeah. They're paying her 52000 right now until she goes to law school since she just graduated a, a year. My, my starting salary yep. when I got out of law school was eighteen five. Hey, do you remember what minimum wage was when you graduated? I do remember what it was. I worked a minimum wage job. I made three thirty five an hour. Yeah, I started out at three ten. I was slinging buckets of chicken. I worked at a KFC making biscuits, making three thirty five an hour. It's twenty four bucks a day. Twenty four bucks amazing. a day. Amazing. I mean, I when I when I was in law school, car loans were eighteen percent. Yeah. Mortgages were twelve. Um, you know, I was during the the uh, Carter and Reagan administration, where inflation was so high, it, it, it's unbelievable. What 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 what's a car loan now? If we, I come oh, here and finance, I mean, you could you actually could get a rate in the ones right now. And to your point, when I got in the industry in the early '90s, uh, they were giving incentivized interest rates for 9.9 percent. Yeah. And if I showed somebody a 9.9 percent rate today, they'd collapse. I got my student loans at seven seven percent, and I thought that was just awesome because it was. Half of what the normal rate was. <laughs> so insane. Well, it's, uh, it sounds like we're about out of time. So I just I appreciate you being here. It's uh, always fun to catch up with you. It's always fun to do this with you. And honestly, um, just really appreciate our friendship. I've always enjoyed it. And I, I, I love all the things you do. I love being your buddy. And we're due for lunch soon. So let's, uh, let's do that. Definitely. Thanks for having me. If you have any questions or anything in the future, be happy to come on at any time. Awesome. Thanks again, Mr. Gibbs. Appreciate it. All right. See you.